second. Yeah, I have a okay. I have an ad, so we're we're live. Sweet. We're live. Greetings, readers and travelers, and welcome to episode 13 of Stats on Stats here on the Penultimate Conquest. Today's topic of discussion is the work of Travis Baldry. Before we get into today's discussion, we've got a little housekeeping to do. If you're watching this on YouTube, consider dropping a like and a sub, and don't forget to hit the bell to get notifications for all of our amazing shows like The Cross Media Show, The Penultimate Game Show, Anime Nation, Marvel Mondays Initiative, and some streams here and there. If you're watching this on Twitch and have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming, which means you have one free sub to give out. We'd love if you gave it to us, but if not, eh, we won't dock you for it. This week coming up on Penn, we have their Dune review on Monday, and that's going to be an exciting review. Uh, on Tuesday, we have the Titans Season 3 review, which I will be a part of, and I'm really excited to share my thoughts on that. On Wednesday, we have a State of Play reactions for Sony, and that's going to be a fun time. And then we might have some streams here and there. Also, join me in sending out positive vibes to the Gen family as they welcome their baby girl into the world tomorrow. Sending all the love and vibes to you guys. Joining me today. You know, I always have trouble coming up with introductions for him, but let's be real. He's my best friend, Joel Harvey. Joel, how are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Rich. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited for this episode. You and me <laughs> both, brother. Also, for the first time, joining us on Stats on Stats, the man of a thousand voices, Travis Baldry. Travis, how are we doing today? Very well. How are you? You know, I'm living <laughs> the dream over here. It's another beautiful day. I got my hydration. We're having a good time. So, I can vouch for hydration. You got to keep hydrated, right? Especially when you're in a stuffy room all day. <laughs> oh, I was hoping to get a laugh or something, but nope, nothing. I'm just going to be silent for the rest of the entire podcast. You're going to be <laughs> damn incredibly disappointed. Damn, damn. I, I was just murmur. thinking it was going to be an audio glitch or something. Speak only I... in murmurs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Travis. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the life of an audiobook narrator? Wow. Okay. Well, um, that doesn't vary a whole lot from day to day. Uh, I get up. I do my workout. I get my kids ready for school. And by around 830, I'm ready to hop into the booth. I log on to Discord because I live broadcast most of my work. Um, I'll narrate for two, two and a half hours, take a long lunch break, and then another afternoon session again, another two, two and a half hours. And then I usually get to knock off by about 3 p.m. if I stayed on task the way I was supposed and to. And then I usually um, get to knock off. And every week I'm working on something new. Um, there's a ton of variety to it. I really love doing it. And um, honestly, it's the best job in the world. That, that sounds like a really fun time. As long as you like reading books out loud, it's great. <laughs> so, okay. It's probably so, not for everyone. Right. And, you know, this was an answer or a question that was asked last night during um, LitCon. What, what's it like, you know, to try to get into the audiobook narration game? Because last night um, you had the panel with um, Andrea, Steve Campbell, mm -hmm. Luke Daniels, and yourself. Yep. And like you all pretty much had like kind of the same answer. 
Do you want to about, recap that? About like how you get into it or, uh, like or, if it, or how we specifically got into it. How you how you get into it or, you know, we could start with how you got into it. Um, mm-hmm. But like how everyone. It's always can. a really hard answer to say how you get into this stuff because it's kind of like anybody's like career path is kind of like a title flat. Whatever path you took to get to where you are probably doesn't even exist anymore because everything just changes so fast. So. I'm always really hesitant to like advise people how they should, you know, really break in beyond some really basic stuff. So it's easier to talk about like how you do the job and some good general stuff. But I always hate the idea of like misleading. And if you do what I did, it will just work out for you because it probably wouldn't because it was it was like a one in a million chance it even worked for me. Right. Um, but um, as far as getting the stuff together to do the job. Um, the amount of equipment that you have to invest in is not really huge. You can probably get into the equipment you want for like five or 600 bucks. I've done some YouTube videos on like breaking down what that is. Um, the biggest, most important thing is someplace to record because where you record is more, almost more important than any equipment that you have because the reflections off of like hard surfaces make us make flutter echoes, which make your audio basically really difficult to recover and pretty much sound like trash. <laughs> you sound like you're recording in your bathroom, regardless of how good your microphone is. Um, and also ideally anybody who wants to take those steps spends a good couple hours sitting down in a corner, reading from a book out loud and messing up over and over again. And then at the end of that, they decide, wow, that was pretty great. I would love to do that again this afternoon. <laughs> Um, and more importantly maybe even is read a book that isn't your favorite book because you're just going to have a wide variety of books that you read you're not always reading your most favorite thing you're reading something that maybe you didn't expect or that isn't necessarily your bag and you need to put yourself in the mindset of the person who it is written for and taking care of the author's baby and making sure that you do a good job for the person who's going to listen to it which is actually a lot more challenging than reading a book that you that it just speaks to you personally on a deep level, um, which you're not always going to be reading. Okay. That's, that's actually a really good answer. I, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, Joel, do you have a question for Travis? Uh, yeah. So like we started about, or we talked about how you got into narration, but what was your introduction to lit RPG? Um, it was actually, so I've made video games for 20 years. It feels like I should have started doing audiobooks and just gone straight to lit RPG, and I absolutely did not. It was <laughs> not what I expected to do. I didn't immediately gravitate toward it, toward it. I didn't hear about it initially. I figured I would be doing like thrillers and, you know, horror and, you know, kind of more general speculative fiction, fantasy, sci-fi, that kind of stuff. Um, so I actually didn't do game lit for at least a year or two, I think. Um, and I ended up doing some after meeting the Krauts at an award ceremony. So I was at the, um, Kansas city here now festival for like independent audiobook awards. And I was sitting in the really, really crummy bar of the holiday Inn, and I sat down with RC Bray and Danielle and Dakota were sitting there with him. And I had a really terrible beer and, um, I was talking to the Krauts. And Danielle had played Fate, which is a game I made when she was a kid, which makes me feel really, really old. But anyway, she was like, oh, my God, you made Fate. They didn't really care about anything to do with audiobooks. You know, it really didn't matter. It wasn't important. 
important thing was that I, I, I had made fate. And so that was my introduction to the crowds. And afterward, I ended up doing, um, I ended up doing a book series for them. It was um, the Chronicles of Ethan. And that was, I think, the first game that I ever did. I I, I wanna I wanna back up really quickly. Are okay. are you talking about like you know fate like the top down dungeon crawler esque game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made that. Yeah, that's mine. I wrote <laughs> every right. line I, of code and designed it, and it's my game. I am rebuying that on Steam tonight. And Just, then I did Torchlight, which was which makes sense. So. I've been playing a lot of Torchlight three on my Switch. <laughs> the three I had nothing to do with. I know, but I love I Torchlight. Know. I'm just saying. One and two. One and two. Two is I put a lot of hours in on my Switch. I will. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job on two. I was proud of what we you pulled really off did. Two. It was a hard project, but we did a good job. Um, well, Joel, I know what I'm playing tonight. <laughs> um, Anyway, after doing that, uh, there was kind of like, there's a certain natural synergy because I was doing Will White's Cradle series and progression fantasy has so much in common with Gamelit. They're kind of like, there's, there's just so much crossover that because of that series and Will's popularity, I got a certain amount of bleed overs. So after starting doing some stuff with um, Dakota and Danielle, I started getting more and more of it. And then that stuff sort of just... In this genre, and honestly, in most genres, it's stuff kind of avalanches. If you, when people want to get a new book produced, they look for other books that have produced and been produced, and who's narrating them. And like, oh well, that book was successful. I'll get that narrator. I'll ask if they're available, and it just sort of it's self perpetuating. Okay. I do find it really easy to get into the mindset of having made video games for decades. So you know, I don't have a lot of problem figuring out what. <laughs> you know, how stats function. Um, initially, I was kind of worried that as a game designer, I would read people's speculative game designs and I would be a little, you know, I would stick my nose up in the air a little bit and I would be a little bit <laughs> cranky about it. Like, well, I wouldn't do that. You know, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. This is going to hang together, you know. Um, but honestly, I, I, I don't. For the same reason that I don't worry about magic working in a fantasy novel. <laughs> it's fiction. And so... I thought I would dig my heels in more at it than I actually did. So can we talk about, uh, ah, man, I don't think Rich got to this far in Artorian's archives, but I finished book seven. I need to read book eight. All right. Well, whenever Artorian, uh, goes over the different like stats and how they work, Mm -hmm. how, how fun was that scene of just, I, I confess that I don't understand it at all. <laughs> um, I'm so I'm not. I'm not really a systems monk. I really don't. When I built systems for games, it wasn't because I was enamored with systems. Systems mm-hmm. were just a way to make you feel a certain way. To like, you know, you develop a loot system. It isn't about well, I'm really interested in how a loot system functions. The idea is I want loot to drop in a way that makes you really happy that you got cool loot. I'm all about the end result. Do I feel good because of things as a result of the system? So I never really cared about systems in and of themselves as systems. I just cared that they functioned to deliver the ultimate result. So I pretty quickly just, that stuff just blows right out of my brain. I don't, <laughs> I don't retain it um, yeah. any more than I could probably tell you what the stat breakdown was for any of the skill trees in Torchlight 2. I couldn't tell you. 
I probably couldn't even name all the skills off the top of my head. It just, it's all vacated my brain at this point. Yeah, I mean, I was referring to, like, whenever Artorian was, like, attack, that's how much, like, or strength, that's, like, how much oomph there is. Yeah. And, like, yeah. So you mean just, like, in the more abstract when you're talking about, like, yeah, like what is that does? Um, no, I just meant, like, as far as that series goes. Uh, maybe maybe I'm not. I guess not, you, no, like you, I think you answered the question, okay. but, like, <laughs> I just really thought I needed way. to clarify it. Yeah. Well, I will go into pretty much Joel and I's next thing. Uh, Joel? What was your introduction to Travis? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I know I started Artorian's Archives really early. Uh, I think my first introduction to him was the uh, Pixel Dust series. I love, I love those books. David Petrie. <laughs> we love David Petrie here. Love David Petrie. My introduction to travis was when i was still at the beginning of my lit rpg phase but i was also going back and forth between fantasy books i picked up a compendium of the fate of wizardoms oh wow and i was like you know this looks interesting i read some reviews and i listened to the first three books and i loved it and i was like joel it's not what RPG, but here you go. And he goes, eh, I'll listen to it later. I don't think he's ever gone back and listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was my first uh, introduction. And it was more of an epic fantasy. It wasn't game lit or anything yeah, like that. But more it, traditional, you know. It was good. Day, it was uh, really good. But um, I feel like we should do a, not a real ranking, just, you know, pick our top five no specific orders of what our favorite works of travis baldry is joel do you want to go first or you want me to go first uh you can... i might need a second <laughs> all right well uh hold on i gotta do my notes really quickly <laughs> um definitely the beginning after the end by turtle me i am on book eight at that series right now and it's fantastic holy crap um also a snake's life by kenneth arnett let's see what else is there i'm gonna definitely throw in the ripple system in there because the ripple system's good shout out to frank, frank the axe frank. <laughs> um you know i'm gonna throw in the pixel dust series by david petrie it's absolutely fantastic and was my first like actual true deep dive into the works of travis baldry and uh, we'll go. We'll go ahead and throw in Artorian's archives. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and throw in. That was a slow burn for me, but I. I finally got hooked, and it is definitely worth the listen. So Joel, you're up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Artorian's archives, uh, Snake's Life, uh, Necrotic Apocalypse. Any uh book that has that like older like timbre to it like the older characters with uh like artorian or yeah uh yeah varian digby uh <laughs> oh digby uh yeah you just it does you do just such a great job at that uh thank those you. characters digby is um, only david Tennant. 
<laughs> zombie David Tennant. Oh man. I still need to go back and listen to <laughs> Ravenous. I haven't I haven't started that one yet. Those are a lot um, of them. We've yeah. done a lot of apocalypse stuff, so I was trying to steer clear <laughs> of apocalypse. Shade Slinger was really good. Uh for sure. Uh Ripple System, yeah. Um and then uh I guess Pixel Dust. Yeah. Um that was like a takeover though, wasn't it? For uh it was a re-record. Luke didn't have time to continue the series, I think. So yeah. um and they wanted to keep doing them, and so they re-recorded just so that you'd be able to have a contiguous set of audio. Not because there's anything wrong with the first book. Yeah. To be honest, like I didn't even know like notice a difference really. Like, I think I pointed subtle. it out to you. Did you listen yeah. to the did you listen to Party Hard when Luke's yeah, version yeah, and yeah. switched over? Okay, so you went through the switch. Yeah. So some a lot of people came to it later and then so I kind of I came to no, uh, no, I've I experienced the switch as well. Listen to the first episode or the first book and uh honestly I think I really here. like Luke Daniels. Uh he does a really good uh like gunslinger uh voice for uh Max Max Damage. Luke is um, fabulous. Yeah, and then, yeah, like, I didn't even notice, really, like, a, a difference. Well, good, because yeah. I went and dug up voice samples of everything. Yeah. I tried to, well, I mean, you know, I guess know, I'm just trying to say. I'm it, not the same person, but, you know, it the aim was it to have to be, you know, reasonably smooth transition for people who had listened to the old one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Joel, do you want to? go off one of your questions real quick or do you want me to ask my next uh, one sure like i mean as far as like doing the like takeover uh like you talked about this uh last night on the uh mm -hmm. rpg episode or LitCon mm -hmm. panel um yeah i i guess from like my perspective, I really, I don't know. I enjoy your way of going at it where like you take the voice samples, you get uh, inspiration from them. And then. Uh, yeah, like, it's, it's kind of like taking the author's notes. Yeah. You got another author to think about. <laughs> I mean, it's the same way if the author tells you, like, I think this, I think this guy is old and gravelly and he's got a British accent. You're also getting notes from the previous. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it feels like that's probably what the audience wants. And it's what the, unless there was like a literal problem that like you're there to solve a yeah. problem. Theoretically, what anybody's listening wants is continuity. So there's something to be said for like your own interpretation of stuff, but I think you can also do your interpretation within the bounds of the character that's already been articulated in audio. As long yeah. as you get some sort of inspiration from it and it's not just like, I don't know. I've heard uh, like takeovers of other series and some like narrators, they'll have a... Uh, They'll take a character and they'll be like, oh, uh, like the audience will think, oh, they're really clever or something. And so they'd be like attached to how smart they are. And then another narrator would come in and then they'd be like, oh, he sounds really smart. Maybe he's got like a nasally accent or something. Yeah. And I don't know, it kind of can ruin the character. Uh, 
I mean, the main thing is recognizability. Once you've listened to an audiobook, you basically have a character archetype set in your head. You've like some visual for what they look like. And so I think that for me, my goal is to have you be able to maintain that archetype in your brain. So whatever movie you had spooling can keep going, you know, um, I I don't want you to have to refigure out what people look like. (laughs) Okay. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question, which you kind of answered already was like how you choose your, your voices for certain characters. Like, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go with a a very popular one for both Joel and I, how did you come up with Frank? Um, (laughs) so, I mean, it was led a lot by just his dialogue Mm -hmm. because obviously he's extremely abrasive and sarcastic. Um, and, it just, I mean, you also start to, um, you do a lot of sidekick voices in Gamelet. <laughs> and you kind of want to have the sidekick. They're usually almost like the, they're usually like the most forward character that you've got. Your main character is usually kind of like the relatable, almost audience insert guy who tends mm-hmm. to be between the age of like 18 and 28. <laughs> and he's, you know, maybe he's a little self-effacing, but he's not really, he's usually not a big personality. And then you've almost always got a sidekick or a couple of side characters that are the big personalities that usually become like associated with a series like Frank. And you don't <laughs> want the sidekicks between different series to be the same sidekick. So you don't want to really replicate the specific tone you did somewhere else. So to me, he had like a big kind of New Yorkery abrasive voice, which made me think of Danny DeVito in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And um, a little bit of like, Bruce Willis, diehard era Bruce Willis. So, okay, um, best Bruce Willis. Somewhere kind of in there is Frank, and after you, after you start doing them, they start to solidify, and they get more who they are over the course of books. Um, also, I know that Kyle listened and was like, "Oh, yeah, this is what he sounds like." And then when he was writing lines, he was doing them out loud like that. So he was writing them for the voice when they got to book two. So Frank even got more Frank. Frank has it's like a Frank exception where <laughs> Frank, you know, is informing Frank. Okay. Cause I I mean, Frank is definitely um a favorite of ours. And we we love Frank a lot. I love Frank a lot. And House. Yes, we mm. love House. House I was not my, ready for uh, for House. My dear sweet house. I love house. If anybody hurts house, I riot. <laughs> well, I, as as someone should. Why my my I'm having technical difficulties at the pump, so no worries. We'll just scat over it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just had my stuff freeze. But no, uh oh. I just lost one of the cameras. God, I love it. OBS. I love it so much. OBS. It's so much fun. We we love having technical difficulties on the show. It wouldn't be one of our shows without technical difficulties. So it's it's, it's part of the charm. Yeah, absolutely. The so, audio still works. No, there it is. It's all good. I I want to say like our my one of my favorite like type of characters you do is um either the like really aggressive like smart uh, smart alecky character. Like Frank, Frank's uh, he's mm-hmm. he's a little bit of an asshole, it, but we love it. He is, and also like the strong, independent character that is trying to, you know, he puts his life on the line to save everyone else, 
aka I'm going to go ahead and reference him, Arthur Lewin, in the beginning sure. after the end. Those two characters are definitely like some of my favorites. Do you have like a favorite voice or like a favorite type of character you get to do? I mean, characters that have really recognizable dialogue, often, especially if it's funny, are, are always good to do. Funny dialogue is always fun to do. Banner is like the best. So I love characters like Frank and House because they have great banner. You know, House has amazing lines. They're, they're totally different than Frank's, but she has great lines. Um, and um, they also make automatically the other people around them more enjoyable because they get to play the straight man or woman to the banner, which automatically makes everybody else more fun too. So that, that they're probably my favorite. Um, I, I love... I love doing big creaturey voices. I love doing Orthos in Cradle because he's awesome. And um, I also really like uh, people who aren't abrasive and loud, but are just witty. It's really fun to do witty dialogue to where you where people get the dig in and you don't even notice until two lines later that it was clever. Really, that, <laughs> that really show off the author's clever writing because when you get to pull that off on behalf of the author, it just feels really good. It's like, ah, oh, I did my job right. <laughs> well yeah um anytime you say brat like i have three characters that come to mind now i used to only have two but i have three now like i can picture three different characters anytime you just say brat i picture uh albert in a snake's yeah. life i just picture a giant snake or even when he's in his little like you know transformed version of him yeah uh artorian yeah. and then definitely virian Grandpa yeah, Virian is. I think he's got the most brat lines easily. He does. He does. I think I've counted 42. <laughs> Just taking a spitball. Uh, Joel. I mean, I. Oh. You know. No, go ahead, Travis. Go ahead. I don't know. I'm, I'm just filling up space. You know? No, go ahead. So, feel go free. Ahead. No, you go no, ahead. No, feel I was free. Gonna say, I, I, honestly, I, I really like doing female voices too. Because it's, I mean, where else, where else am I going to get to do that? Do you have it's a favorite female uh, like dialogue set you've done other than House? Um, yes, from The Razor, which I don't know that anybody has listened to, but it was a really good book by J. Barton Mitchell. It was sci-fi. It was very kind of like almost, um, pitch black kind of vibe to it. But Joel, there was the a, yeah, there was this villainous character who oh. was so good. And in my head, she was just like a really badass Helen Mirren. And Ooh. she, she had these like... I, she was she had such good lines and she was so wicked but like deliciously wicked she was so fun to do anyway i loved that book it was it was uh she was a great villain character she was so cool joel do you have a favorite female uh character that travis has done um. for me it's tessia <laughs> yeah the beginning after the end is such a challenging series to do it because is it's so the only good. series i do where anybody can have a POV first person chapter. <laughs> and that's one thing I really like. And I will be uh, touching and based on that. And they're like four and, a, you know, a princess or something. And it's like, oh, my God, oh, I will be touching base on the beginning after the end. And I will be going into spoiler territory. I've already given you the heads up that I will be muting Joel because Joel is <laughs> in book six at the moment. Joel, am I correct? Uh, Yeah, you had like one. I've got like four hours left okay 
Because Joel has an experience. Anytime, if I'm going to do a voice, I'm like, there's the chance sometime in the future, I'm going to have to sustain this for like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Turtle and Me does. In any other series I do. Turtle Me does such a great job with that series. So I, I, I'm going to yell at both of you. So Turtle Me, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> this this is definitely going to go out to you. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and touch base on that. I need to write down the time really quickly for this. <laughs> Because I'm going to have just like a three-minute spoiler warning starting now. Joel, I'm going to go ahead and mute you. I apologize, <laughs> buddy, but I, I need to do this. All right, it's just okay. making sure. Don't say anything anyway. Joel, can you hear me? Joel, no? No? Okay. Hey, Travis, there are things that are okay. Uh, there are things that are not okay. One of the things <laughs> that are not okay are making me cry at work. <laughs> That's the best for, thing. No, no, it's not because I play with chips for a car. living. I, I play with chips for a living. I work in multiple grocery stores going back and <laughs> forth. And I was at the busiest store in my district yesterday, or one of the busiest stores. And I got to two different scenes. One being where Arthur sees one of the um, members of his father's old adventuring group mm -hmm. carrying his father. But it wasn't that the fact that him seeing his dismembered father dead. It was Sylvie's reaction trying to prevent Arthur from seeing it. That's what broke me. So you have Arthur going, yeah, I, I saw the body of my father. And then it cuts to the next part where it's Sylvie's point of view. And she's going through all these emotions, trying to will Arthur to not look and see. Broke me. Absolutely broke me. And then we get the, the confrontation between uh, Arthur and, um, oh, what is the general, uh, the commander's name? Oh, uh, right. Fire. I'm I'm gonna totally space it. I'm gonna totally space it. Uh, my short. My... Well, I'll say the name, but when he confronts him because he didn't go through with the plan, and he's like, "My fucking father died because of you." I'm like, "Oh, Arthur is terrifying. He is scary. You voiced some pretty scary characters, but never in an MC. Like Albert, I was a little scared of because he's a giant snake." Arthur is a whole new level. He is a whole new level. And then the ending of that book, I'm going to save it so I don't spoil that whole big thing because I just spoiled a big part of it. But holy shit, broke me. Absolutely broke me. So, yeah, I just wanted to yell at you for a, a minute or two. That's the best stuff. That's the best no, stuff. No, it's great. And the reason I'm, I was so upset is because, one, your performance was absolutely fantastic. And two, Turtle Me's writing beautiful absolutely beautiful they announced that uh the beginning after the uh end is getting like a web the web novel is being turned into an actual like manga mm -hmm. uh yen press is picking it up so i'm like i hope i need oh, to get they're all gonna those. do actual print runs of it mm -hmm. and i'm really Neat. excited because i'm gonna pick That's up and cool. just look because i know how the characters i visualized them and i want to see how i visualized them compared to the actual yeah. artist so yeah, I have, you, have you looked if you looked at the web i've read comics at all I've read pretty much the like first pretty much up to where he falls off the mountain when he's four. Okay. So really early, really yeah. early on. Yeah. 
I, I quit because I was like, I want to get ahead in the books before I continue. Yeah, the books are so far ahead. I'm going <laughs> to unmute him. Up? <laughs> All right. So we got Joel back. So, Joel, I'm sorry, buddy. I had to meet you there because <laughs> I, I went into some dark spoilers. <laughs> and sorry, Twitch chat. I, I, I know you probably didn't all want to hear that, but yeah. So that that's my thoughts. Joel, do you want to yell at Travis for anything while while we're here? <laughs> I'm I'm sure he heard an earful from you. <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot. Oh man, I do want to talk about because I totally left it out of my top five, but it's definitely going to be in there. The Dungeon Core Online series. Yes. Yeah, I start the second one tomorrow. Wait, you record the second one tomorrow? Yes. I just Dude. got the tech for it yesterday night. So I, I am really excited for that one. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. Yeah. Those are fun. And that's Jonathan Schmidt, to. is that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Jonathan Schmidt. Yep. He does yep. a fantastic job. I need to reach out to him to get him on the show so we can talk about Dungeon Core Online because that is is a good one. <laughs> if you don't want just a traditional lit RPG, but want a Dungeon Core lit RPG, that's the one yeah, to go to. That is definitely the one. I love Old Man Jenkins. Best boss. <laughs> Best boss of the game. And I'm excited to see who else is going to be introduced in book two. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. If you wanted to talk about the new Armin Cooper book you did. The War Priest. Uh, War Priest. War Priest. Yeah, that one yeah. just came out in audio. And I think we're doing the second one early in the year. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yokai. Um, what do I say about that without? <laughs> um, I think that's the second Harmon Cooper book I've done. The other one we did, Sacred Cat Island, which is totally different. Oh, yeah. Harmon really writes a wide variety. He has of a stuff. he has a, huge, a variety. huge variety. Um, and Sacred Cat Island is like, you know, Studio Ghibli summer vacation, you know, anime book, and this is you know much more. Your kind of samurai, wandering samurai adventure. And we're we're gonna go ahead and give a huge shout out to uh, Harmon Cooper really quickly. We've talked about some of his work on the show already with the uh, feedback loop, which was a great series. But Harmon Cooper can go from a good cyberpunk fantasy to straight up harem, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. This is a judge free yeah. zone. To ninjas or yeah, like, to yeah. Cowboy Studio Ghibli. Cowboy Necromancer. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to be discussing with him because the second one uh, just came out. Yeah, just came out. Yeah. Infinite Dusk. Is that the second one? Or is that the first one? Uh, first one's Infinite Dust, I think. First one's Infinite Dust. The second one is. I don't know. I have, such a, I have such I've, a. I have such a. I have it on my wish list. I haven't picked it up yet. <laughs> The number I, of books that go through my brain monthly is so high that it's just like, <laughs> it's a slurry. Uh, where are you? Uh, Infinite Dusk is the first book. Yes, so it's we the were first right. one. Yeah. So, do you, when did what was your first lit RPG? Was it Party Hard? Or no, it was the Chronicles of Ethan. I think Chronicles mm -hmm. of Ethan. Okay, I believe it was the. I believe that was the first one I did almost positive um, which i've actually not dived into that one yet joel i know joel actually, has it's really great because it uh, went chronicles it's, it's of got ethan an anthology the first three are all bundled up now at this yeah point. we we have it um i just i haven't dived into it yet um it's actually really good because it's chronicles of ethan and then it goes into underpowered howard 
Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the Chronicles of Ethan is Mountaindale and then Aethon, I think, did Underpowered Howard. I want to say Neil does Underpowered Howard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Neil Helligers does that one. Which, shout out to our previous guest, Neil Helligers. We, yeah, we love Neil Helligers. Neil is the man. Neil is the man. And he, he was such a, a wonderful guest to have on for our first audiobook narrator. So that was a very fun time. I was also nervous, just like I am now. I get nervous when I do these, and I just ramble. Just drink. You just drink beforehand. Mm -hmm. I don't think we want that. I Travis, I, I, like I don't know. You haven't tried it out yet. You might be surprised. Oh, Joel, do you want to explain to him Drunk Richie? Um, I think we have to see it. I think that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me Mountain Dew and vodka, and I'll be having a good time. I don't know there how much we, we can go into that. This is... <laughs> I lose my filter when I drink and it's not that's why I drink in the comfort of my own home <laughs> and I don't stream that sounds like perfect podcast fathers that's all I'm saying is it just sounds I'm you know what intrigued. you know what I think you know for our last show of the year or something we might we might have a drunk cast everybody gets Christmas hats dude and... that sounds awesome We'll, we'll have a special Christmas episode. I can't come yeah, for Christmas, so we'll a have a special, special Christmas. A episode. very special Christmas. <laughs> very we'll get special. some of our previous guests on here, and we'll just have a good time. That's perfect. Uh, uh, the chat's having fun with that one now. <laughs> Devin, so, no. Yeah, you were talking about um, liking like the the MC becoming terrifying, and like that mm -hmm. that kind of like that moment where they switch from being just kind of relatable to being a little scary. So I have to pimp one of my favorite series that okay. not enough people read, which is Death Cultivator, Eden Hudson. Yes, that is, is awesome. actually on my list. And I saw it was Travis Baldry. Book three, book three has that moment. And it's, <laughs> it, anyway, I'm just saying Death Cultivator. So don't sleep on Death Cultivator. All right, Nobody here, sleep on Death Cultivator. Then, I am a huge Eden Hudson booster, and Death we love Cultivator Eden Hudson. Is here. freaking it's freaking awesome. Stuff. We're trying to get uh, scheduling worked out to where we can get James and Eden Hudson on to talk about Rogue Dungeon. So awesome. We Eden will probably be like only in silhouette, and because she shuns all social media, she's basically a ghost. But okay, well, we'll I've just... seen her face like once on a on a on a stream we won't even have her her face I liked on. her books i mentioned how much i liked her books and she immediately hid so <laughs> damn all right you know what so we'll just go ahead and we'll plug eden hudson right now we love eden, eden hudson, hudson on this book. we we love her on this podcast and um death cultivation is actually on my wish list i was waiting to see if a compendium was going to come out but i think i'm just going to go ahead and buy three credits tonight and so good. pick it up so are you telling me to finish book eight of the beginning after the end? And then well, you go definitely to want to finish that. Okay. Eight was my favorite, uh, the beginning after the end. I thought seven it's was really your cool. favorite. No, I was saying eight. And oh, I okay. thought you were in eight. No, so I'm eight in, is, I'm in eight now. It's my favorite. Okay. Um, um, cause you got Regis and Regis is fantastic. Um, um, also it's really cool to just watch Turtle Me's writing and storytelling ability kind of level up over the course of the series. You know, that's one of the cool things about web series that get torn off into books is you get to actively watch the authors just get more and more awesome as they go. And I think it's like the pinnacle of Turtle Me <laughs> getting awesome. So we we definitely love Turtle Me. Sorry, I had to get up to close my curtain because the sun's setting and coming right into my room and blinding me. <laughs> ah, it's also very hot in my room. 
Make but, a little black box. No, uh, <laughs> my my favorite thing right now with uh, the series for beginning after the end is just the different perspectives, like hearing the different thoughts for certain characters. Uh, we can all say, you know, Lucas sucks. Lucas is the worst character. <laughs> and uh, I cheered at the end of book four. Just saying. <laughs> Spoiler yeah, if you can put the context together, chat. <laughs> I know what but, you're talking about. Like book eight <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whew. also another terrifying book eight moment has the least povs i think of all of them honestly which one i think book eight has the least povs so of all of them. so far it's just been between um arthur and his sister ellie yeah it's mostly I, I feel like there are one or two other but they're relatively brief Okay, um, which I will say um, I do like hearing from uh, Ellie for this at this point because this is definitely a uh, yeah a first because uh, I don't remember her being in it like from her point of view in any of the other books. There might have been like one little chapter or two mm -hmm. here or there, really really brief. Um, but I can't remember for positive. Can't remember for positive. Um, <laughs> it's waiting it's, for that long extended series of Micah chapters again. <laughs> <laughs> those were Micah. those were good though world now. they were good they were the, good <laughs> I, I okay i'm gonna go ahead and ask who would you say your favorite like point of view is in beginning after the end um i mean honestly i'm gonna go with arthur okay to be honest um especially as it goes along. Um, and uh, it's hard for me to separate that out from like the challenge of doing them because the more different their voice is, the more challenging it is to do first person POV chapters. Mm -hmm. Because when I finish doing somebody else's voice, I'm not switching back to my voice or Arthur's voice. I'm switching back to somebody else's voice. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really, really, it's very gymnastic and it takes a lot of energy and effort to do so it's probably hard to separate that out from the experience of like listening to it or reading it okay. so i like author i like arthur because it's comfortable for me to do what i want to do um i love the characters but it's harder to do the pov chapters okay they're especially they're easily some of the most tricky things that i do that's that's fair joel do you have a favorite uh pov for uh, beginning after the end since you're oh, diving through yeah. the series right now and you're just a tad behind me does, a tad. does micah have a pov yeah Micah's she had some she had a couple pov chapters um i can't remember if it was six was it i think six? it was book six so, yeah. oh no she has a lot in book seven she has so a lot yeah because that's when um after the whole uh, oh yeah betrayal thing yep 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 and she yeah, yeah so she has a lot in seven and it's really good and how she just talks in the third person just baffles I, I enjoyed doing tessia's chapters later in the books where she's more grown up as a character she's definitely um, becoming or she's definitely my favorite character and there's parts where i've wanted to scream at her and i'm like why are you doing this she becomes a more she becomes a more active character as she goes. So yeah, I don't know. Ellie took over the screaming at her for me though, so I'm I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, Joel, you know, I, you know what? I, I talked for a little bit. We'll, we'll let you talk. Uh, go ahead and bring up like one of your favorite uh, moments or books, and we'll, we'll dive into some of that work. Oh, man. Just pick one. Um, let's talk about The Chronic Apocalypse. The one I haven't <laughs> read. <you>. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's Dave Petrie, so you know it's going to be good. Yeah, and that's part of the reason <laughs> I, I picked it up, because I was like, it's David Petrie and Travis Baldry. Let's go. Dave does such a great job of having like real human stories that want to talk about things about being a person and actually like real human matters folded inside of game lit and lit RPG. Pixel Dust did that a lot. It had so many interesting things that wanted to talk about that weren't just about getting more powerful. And Necrotic Apocalypse is the same way to maybe a slightly lesser extent, but it still has that kind of at the core. It's about Digby and his failings as a human being (laughs) and his slow realization of those failings and how he overcomes them, which have nothing to do with power progression and everything to do with recognizing what, you know, his core problems and how he wants to deal with them. So it's got, it's like, it's like a cake. Your frosting is your progression and your game lit. And then the cake is like the, the the human drama underneath it and dave does a really great job of baking that cake so <laughs> okay it's a great analogy uh yeah no uh digby he's very uh he's a good guy but he's a mean guy and yeah i think i don't know he's just did like such a great job with that voice i think he's so fun to do hey he's funny yeah you know he's got lots of great lines he's witty i love just like i love the idea of the trend you got the idea of like the transplanted medieval guy in the modern Mm -hmm. setting, which has done before but the fact that he's a zombie and a necromancer and it's the apocalypse just takes it to the next level (laughs) joel are you telling Um, me we need to cover this series on the podcast next year I'm saying you need to finish my entire backlog. <laughs> Dude, I don't have enough time to do that. There's New just stuff so keeps many great dropping. books in this genre. There, there are way too many. So fast. They come out so fast. There's no, yeah, there's yeah. no throttling. They do, and it feels like every other week we have a Travis Baldry release, and Joe and I are like, well, are, are we picking this one up? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It, all, it does feel like that. Yeah. Every, every week, week. And something coming out and when, there's so many dang books there are there are and like it just feels like you know there's so many people in high demand we got you we have neil helligers we have like nick podell we have andrea we have uh luke daniels steve campbell like it feels like everyone's in such high demand it just feels like every week we're getting a new book by one people uh, one person we absolutely love well and since they have kind of like there tends to be the tendency to like get three and release them month, month, month. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. like this rat-a-tat release of stuff on a lot of the different series. Um, so yeah, it's so dense. It's so dense. And it's not like the series are like, oh, we're going to do three three books and then we're done. No, no, there's probably 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who would you say probably has put out like the most like in a back-to-back uh, sequence for books you've done? Like authors? 
like yeah. prolific, just like how, how densely and quickly they release. Yeah, like uh, it felt like when Artorian Archives was releasing, it felt like, you know, book they one came out, out pretty and darn then fast. Yeah, Dakota they, writes they, quick. Very, I mean, most sorry. of that's Dennis or Dennis yeah, Vanderkirk. Yeah. But no, yeah, those are those are really quickly written. Um, who else writes really fast? Will White puts out a lot of books a year. Which that's not really Cradle Book know, 10 but... comes out tuesday right week or something it's like uh it comes out the second which is oh yeah that's next tuesday next tuesday a little over a week which Um, i i've only done the first i think three books in cradle um i picked them all up you got just to where the pedal starts to go down yeah so it it was good it's just cultivation black flame (laughs) cultivation books and i don't really like see eye to eye um that's why it took me a little bit longer to get through artorian is because i'm not huge on the cultivation yeah, mm-hmm. I love the beginning after the end, which has to do with some cultivation. Yep. yep. And increasing well, his mana core. So it, I think it's just it, it increasingly cradle becomes about the crew. And the crew is just getting assembled in three. And once you have all the pieces in place and you've got Dross and Orthos and Athan and Yaren and Linden and Mercy, and you have the crew, it becomes it just becomes self-sustaining. It's not it's Orthos. It's, is they're, that they're the giant patterns turtle it's the giant turtle oh, okay the one who shows up in black flame who shows up in black flame and becomes okay. anyway orthos is amazing um afk puts out books really regularly um the divine apostasy series oh. he's 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 on it with those and okay. he did it well after a kid and stuff so there's so many prolific authors um <laughs> well i know scroll back here i have um i think it's like what is it um because when will put like most of his books out for free i grabbed like all, the entirety of the cradle series that was out mm-hmm. yeah. uh nine i have all nine been released yeah so you've got to so, yeah so i have like i can just go through and get like the other books for like a dollar 99 on audible a piece so i know tell tell writes a ton of stuff too and he's Tau juggling does. multiple series he's putting those out like crazy don Which, chapman puts what's his series really thousand bad. is it thousand lee Thousand Lee, um, System Apocalypse, um, uh, which we on Brad. There's, I mean, which we had Tao too. on, but you do yeah. Thousand. I do Lee. Thousand Lee. Okay. Yeah. That that's another one. Like I'm going through my wish list right now on Audible, just like looking through, and I'm like, oh yeah, what do I got? And I'm like, oh my god, a lot of this is Travis Baldry. Oh, oh great! I was reincarnated as a farmer. That oh, is so fun. So good. That one so is good. like such highly recommended. Like Joel and I are like, dude. Or is it time for us it's to pick this one fun. up? It's super. It super subverts your expectations too. Anyway, it's really good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Joel, I think we need to pick that one up now. I think it's time we pulled the trigger on it. Travis is telling us to do it, man. A lot of fun. It's a good book. It's great. <laughs> so when I so did you listen to a lot of audiobooks growing up or? I mean, when I was growing up, there really weren't audiobooks because I'm old. Um, I and my in my my latter years, yeah, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. Um, but they were on CDs uh, <laughs> before the advent of Audible and phones. So I listened to them in the car. Okay. Um, and uh, I loved them, but they were expensive as hell, and you had to tote around CDs. Um, so I have oh, I have liked audiobooks from the time I was able to listen to them. Um, Frank Muller was like my favorite audiobook narrator. Uh, he did Stephen King stuff like The Green Mile is like one of my favorite audiobooks of all time. I've heard Jim Dale read Harry Potter like a billion times because my <laughs> wife 
had trouble sleeping and she would listen to them all to go to sleep. So like I can hear him subconsciously right now. It's um, it's funny you bring that up because actually for me to fall asleep, normally I would put on like a Nick Podell book. I've listened to a thousand times like Arcane Ascension, the poster that's mm-hmm. behind me. But right now my go-to, like I'm going to pass out because I've listened to this series three times and I'm waiting on book four is A Snake's Life. I've been <laughs> listening to that just because Albert like has that calm, soothing voice. Until nice. he's in a moment he's, where he's scary he's as shit. <laughs> but a lot of time he's kind of like he's got a bit of a been there, done that sort of yeah. like. He lived a full life. It. Yeah, I we love Albert here. I think like that's one I put off for a while too, and then I posted in the uh, lit RPG group on Facebook. I was like, "Is there any like you know Norse mythology lit RPGs like that deal with Norse mythology?" And Kenneth uh, commented on the post. He's like, "Hey." My series of Snake's Life, uh, it talks about, you know, like Odin, Thor, and Asgard. And I'm just like, damn it. And then I looked at the book and I was like, he's the world serpent, isn't he? He's essentially going to become Jormungandr. <laughs> Don't sleep on a Snake's Life like I did, guys. It's good. It's really good. And if you listen to the audiobook, Travis does a fantastic job. But Travis always does a 10 out of 10 job. So we're just saying that right now. We're going to go ahead and plug that. You can say something different when I'm not on. We <laughs> won't. Real number. We, we do out. nothing but positive stuff on this show, <laughs> which is why we are praising you so much because you put out such amazing work. You really do. I just enjoy doing the job. It's a good, it's an amazing job. It's really cool to be able to do, and I can't believe I get to do it. And, you know, it's better than making video games. That's how cool it is. It feels less <laughs> stressful to making video games. So much less stressful than making video games. <laughs> uh, how... How many books would you say you put out within a um, two month span? Um, I don't know. There's been about sixty something this year. So, Rancor, that's yeah, sort of about sixty this year. So there's usually you know at least five a month that come out. I think I've got nine that are just like sitting waiting for release, so they're like done, mm-hmm. but they're either you know, not deployed yet or yeah, they're, they're just not, they're just not released yet or something like that. Do we Um, have, are we allowed to share titles of some of the ones that are, I don't think there are any secrets. Um, I did, um, the unbound web series. Um, uh, let's see. We have cradle coming out. I have a giant Excel sheet because I have to, to keep track of all the books. Otherwise I'll forget what I'm doing. Um, so let's see what's coming out. Um, yeah, I think I'm in the middle of Shackle. Yeah, we got Cradle 10. Mm. Artorian 9 is done. Um, there you go, Joel. Primal Hunter is done. Primal Hunter book one is done. Which one's Primal uh, Hunter? Primal Hunter's on, uh, uh, it's on Royal Road now. It's one of the bigger ones on Royal Road. Um, I need to use Royal Road more. I don't um, use Dungeon Walkers 2 probably comes out in a day or two. Um, let's see. A couple for forthright galleries of stone. Um, what else have we got? A um, couple for Dakota for a series that isn't started yet. Um, You're making Joel's day right now. <laughs> just a bunch of stuff. <laughs> just did a quick novella this weekend. Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff. 
All right. So Joel and I are going to be going broke because we're going to be listening <laughs> to a lot of Travis Moultrie coming up. And just there's so many releases coming out within the year. It'll well, be about, yeah, it'll be about, I think it'll be 75 books this year, something like that. 75 to 80. What are we at? Uh, time wise, uh, we are at 56 minutes. Okay. Like on the dot, like it's now 5605. Okay. So we're we're still we still we have about we'll say about ten more minutes of conversation, and then we can start doing plugs and stuff. Nice. Yeah. So, Joel. Yes, yeah, Joel. I will be mi- I will be <laughs> mentioning that at the end of the episode. That will be our plug, because mine's in the mail too. <laughs> Joel, do we have any last minute questions for Travis uh, to before we like you know decide to wrap up? Like, let's just get a quick a little discussion. Hit. The hard hitting question. Okay, you know what? Hard hitting questions goes back to what I just brought up earlier. How do you prepare for an emotional moment, Travis? I don't prepare at all. Okay, <laughs> the book prepares me. I mean, because if the author's writing this to make you feel it, I mean, I got the same stuff. In fact, I get it like dialed up a couple of notches. Yeah, because I don't skim <laughs> anything. I mean, I can't like skate over any of it. I can't, you know. Well, do you like get emotional like when you're in the booth? Like, oh, I know? get absolutely emotional doing it. Okay, but I don't have to like prepare for that. It just happens because it's written. Okay. Um, you know, there's, it's, yeah, it just happens. At, at most, I mess up and I have to do it again. There's totally scenes that I get weepy at. I'm like, oh man, I gotta do it again. I don't which, feel bad about it. Just, which you <laughs> talked about uh, on the episode last night with like bloopers and stuff. Like, you know, your bloopers aren't really humorous. My bloopers or anything. are boring. They're not, they're really boring, you know, because I don't spend a lot of, I mean, I'm all, I'm live on Discord, so if I stop to curse the author out, that's usually, like, bad form, you know, if I screwed up. So, <laughs> um, I don't, my, my boopers are just kind of boring. Um, and it does take time to, like, stitch them out and go assemble them, and I mm-hmm. usually don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> and especially since mine are boring, it's like, it's a lot of work to find something that's funny. Um, usually stuff that's funny wouldn't make any sense because I'm on discord. Like it'd be like some joke that somebody told in chat or I've had people try and post gifts to make me laugh while I'm doing something. We did, okay. we did a gift game for a while. Like, can you make Travis lose his composure with a gif in did the text chat while he's narrating? I got got a few times. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, we, we like that. We like to hear that. Joel and I are planning stuff in our heads now. We're going to be diabolical. <laughs> and then we're going to get kicked from your server that we haven't even joined yet. <laughs> I mean, I could choose not to look, but it's hard It's hard not to look. I was going to say, it seems like it would be kind of hard not to. But with the compulsion. No, I was I was just genuinely curious because like some of those scenes, like like I could feel the emotion that you were putting into like the scenes that we discussed when I muted Joel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know if I could do this because I thought about doing audio work for a little bit because I like doing voices. I like just having, you know, fun little Mm -hmm. conversations and stuff. Uh, Super dyslexic. So it's really hard for me to just sit down and read sometimes. Yeah, I can see that. It it sucks. And that's why I like my audio books. And that's why, you know, Mm -hmm. I love having you guys on and, you know, getting to talk to you about it because like this is stuff that's really made me get back into reading. I mean, I prefer audio to text because I am a skim reader. I just can't help myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty fast reader, and so I don't really extract all the goodness from a book when I read it to myself in my head. And so that's, I really like that loud. And that's why I love having like you guys read it because it feels like I can just feel the characters being brought to life. 
and that's why I like going so, to movies, seeing like some of my favorite characters, like mm-hmm. for comic books, being brought to the big screen and being brought to life. So I'm like, and that's my yeah. goal with audio is I want the mental movie. I want the best mental movie that I can get. And so, you know, that's that's what I want out of it. And I, I assume thought, that's what everybody else wants out of it. Some people, I think, really do legitimately want the image of Morgan Freeman sitting in a chair by a fire reading them a story, which is a legitimate thing to want, right? You know, right. Great voice, somebody telling me a story, and I really want to hear Morgan Freeman telling me this story. And some people want the mental movie. Yeah. I want the mental, I want the mental movie. Joel, any comments? Oh, no, not really. <laughs> you don't want Rung the mental me movie? Out. You don't want the mental I do movie. want the mental movie. I, I love the mental movie. Hold on, Zeckler in the chat just said, well, now I want that. What Are you wanting the mental movie or Morgan Freeman sitting in the chair? <laughs> I mean, it's legitimate to want either one. I mean, I, I feel like if I ever had, like, someone narrating my life, I would just picture, like, you know, Morgan Freeman or, or you know. I mean, there have been times where Rich definitely has gotten books where it was just because a certain author has has done them joel you know i don't want to be attacked right now <laughs> yet here we are hey it's totally all right to want that this is the hard-hitting end of the true of the interview, and you true. really got to bring out you know what yeah like i for the longest time like i didn't want to branch out to other audiobook narrators just because i was in my comfort zone and i talked about this on the episode with neil like i have high functioning uh high functioning anxiety so like going outside of my comfort zone and watching or listening to something that is by someone I don't know, or, um, you know, watching like a show for the first time and like experiencing some of those, like I have actual anxiety attacks while listening to some of this stuff. (laughs) I may or may not have had one yesterday. It's hard to say. (laughs) I'm not going to say on stream. I totally did. Um, (laughs) but like I was sticking to Nick Podell because Nick Podell was the first like real audio book. I, like kind of dived into because before that I was listening to some of the star Wars stuff, like Mark Thompson, uh, Jonathan Davis. And Nick is is awesome and reliable. Yeah. And my first lit RPG series was, um, the land. I don't know why it's based on that. And then after I finished the land and got caught up with that, I dove into, uh, Mark of Kings with, uh, by Bryce O'Connor and Luke Chimalenko. Mm -hmm. And I love that series. And then I just kind of was like going through everything that was Nick Bodell. And Joel was like, dude, Go to someone different. <laughs> Go to someone different. I'm telling you, dude, you're going to like it. And I think after that, like the next person I went to actually was you. I went to Fate of the Wizardoms because I just I was like, you know what? This looks really cool. It's got a cool cover. So I bought the Compendium and I was like, this is really good. And then I kind of fell off the Travis Baldry train for a little bit because I dived into uh, Jeff Hayes and went through my sound mm-hmm. booth phase and then went into Neil Helliger's and Luke Daniels and all of them. And now I'm back on my Travis Baldry kick. So when we do our, hey, what have you been listening to this past week? Yeah, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> I, a lot I, uh, I have a Travis. shirt design that I was going to print out for this year that was uh, that says uh, Nick Padell wasn't available. And has a picture of a microphone <laughs> on it. Because I, I love that. A, a lot of books I got were like, well, we went to get Nick Padell. Like years, it's been a couple of years now. But we're like, well, we wanted to get Nick Padell to do it, but he wasn't available. So... Would you do it? And it, I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, but like a number of books were like, yeah, we really wanted to get Nick, but he, he just couldn't fit it into his schedule. So, um, <laughs> what now, about do you? you? Work, do you work more with Podium 
or do you work more? I work some with Podium, but almost the bulk of my work is either direct with an author or a smaller publisher. Okay. I love Podium, but I've only done, I don't know how many books I've done with Podium. Podium actually well, liked I've done all the beginning after the end, and I did, uh, what, Master Hunter K and, and Sacred Cat Allen and some other stuff. But So I've done a lot of work with Podium, but it's easily, most of my stuff is more direct. Okay. Because I, I I tend to notice like trends like um like Neil Helliger does a lot of Tantor audio and, and I do uh, a lot of Tantor or have in the past anyway. And then yeah. you work with Shadow Alley because that's what Snake's Life is, mm -hmm. and also Snake's I'm Life guessing Death Cultivator. Yeah, Death Cultivator, um, Sage of the Underpass. They're really cool. They're they're just great people. A lot of Mountain Dale. Um, so who else? Um, Portal. Yep, because that's um, what Shade Singer is, and yep, Shade Singer and and Dungeon Core and Beast Realms are all are all Portal. Um, gosh, who else? And and Audible Studios now, I guess, for Will stuff. Although that was also direct before them. So, which Will, um, if you didn't have, um, what is it? Audio or Audible Premium or Audio Audible yeah, Premium plus, plus. Uh, plus? Yeah. yeah. That's how I actually started the Cradle series. Uh, was mm -hmm. it was on there, and a lot of people were always recommending it. I think actually S.L. Roland recommended it to us on our episode. With yeah, him. it was a really it was amazing to be able yeah. to get all of those on that while they were available. And now I think it's just Elder Empire is on there. I think that's uh, Elder season. Empire and the crossover series the Traveler's Gate. Uh, is Wait. that the from the different Traveler's point Gate? of view? There's the... oh yeah, Elder Empire is both kind of okay. There's Sea and Shadow and Shadow. So it's Sea and Shadow are the two kind of like parallels uh, of Elder Empire. Kind of which are great books. I think a lot of people get defeated by the high concept um, and don't try them out, but they're awesome. Yeah, there. Um, Elder Empire is actually what I was listening to for a little bit too. I listened to the first book and I absolutely like they're really so loved it. They're um, so good. It doesn't say if the other ones are included because I my... can't remember if Travelers is on there or not. Um... But that was that was definitely uh, I I'm definitely going to be diving back into the um, the Cradle series because yeah. it's just it's good and now that you've told me I was like just at that tipping point of I mean, it really is it just it just keeps accelerating <laughs> it, it was it was really good I just I really want to finish the beginning after the end I have uh, well yeah you've only got 25 hours to go or something <laughs> 19 hours and 21 minutes <laughs> and what's the second count 20 seconds so 19 uh, 20 21. That's for book eight for, for rest yeah, of book eight seven. for, for ascension, book which eight. I love the cover for those two. It is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's got a great cover. It's so it's different from the other covers. Yeah. Joel, wait till you find out why, wait till you find <laughs> out why, because <laughs> I just found out why <laughs> it's good. It's good, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, Zeckler in the chat just said, um, death cultivator is awesome. It is freaking awesome. So, I just I bang everybody over the head with it, and I don't feel like people listen to me. So I appreciate <laughs> if you listen to me and 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 actually try Death Cultivator because it's for, freaking great. For our podcast listeners, for whoever wants to listen to this on the podcast apps and everything, or if you're watching this on YouTube or live right now, Travis is telling us to read Death Cultivator. Joel and I will be definitely be reading Death <laughs> Cultivator. Is it only three books completed? Hey, right or is it still going? No, there's more. I think she, as far as I know, she's going to be writing a four and onward. It certainly sets it up for big stuff in three. So we love to see it. We absolutely love to see it. 
All right. Well, let's go ahead and we'll cut off the discussion here and start doing our, um, you know, prepping and everything. Devin, I will text you what Death Cultivator is about. <laughs> or Travis, do you actually want to say what Death Cultivator is about really quickly before we go into wrap-ups? Death Cultivator is basically progression fantasy on if you took like borderlands and combined it with i don't know hunter x hunter and cradle it <laughs> how do you describe this it's got like uh it's got like fighting advancement on an alien prison planet with a slightly western theme and it's badass i don't even know how to describe this it's like it's like blue collar space cradle. It's great. All right. <laughs> yep, that's definitely going to be my next series then that I listen to after I finish beginning after the end cuz I feel like I'm going to be screaming that I want more beginning after the end. Yeah, I look forward to you. I look forward to you taking <laughs> 8. I really 8 was great. All right, so are you easily my favorite. So are you ready for my tweet at the after I finish it be like just finish it. I I have yeah. some thoughts. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tweet me. I mean, I mean, I've been tagging you enough this past week, I think, so I probably should chill on that. It's not like I have to write you a letter back. I don't have to True. get out my paper and my stamps. No, you just you just hit the little heart button. <laughs> just hit the little heart button. It's no big deal. We we love it. We 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 have an absolute fun time just getting to interact with all of you guys. It's it's a great time. And I Life I put night. this comment last night uh, during LitCon, which I'll be plugging here in a second. Uh, my comment was specifically: I love seeing the relationship between narrators and authors it's just so damn wholesome it is it is really cool it is really really cool because that was during the moment where uh katie hana put my goal is to make andrea cry <laughs> well and my goal is to make you cry apparently so we just pass it on down no you you've already done that so like multiple times <sighs> you know that every every narrator who gets you to cry does like a little fist pump it's like I'm sure Nick Podell's done it multiple times. You've done yeah. it multiple times. Yeah. Everybody has. Luke's never done Anytime it. You so get somebody to have like the reaction because it's like I did my job right. <laughs> the author <laughs> wanted you to feel that I'm way, gonna... and I didn't drop the ball. <laughs> I'm gonna issue a challenge to Luke Daniels. He hasn't made me cry yet. So I, Luke, I need you I to make dare. me weep, Luke. Luke, make me cry. Just insult me if you want to. <laughs> was it, like they always do that? Can a game make you cry? You know, they always have those. Yes. Kinds of like, Yes, it can. They have those kinds of like little, they have those little, there's always those little uh, think pieces that somebody writes up. My my dad looked at me weird because I was in GameStop one time and um, the guy in the Columbus, Indiana store, Matt, he was, he's fantastic. I love him. And my dad went in there. He was picking up one of the Madden games and I just went with him and I was talking to Matt because I always go into that store and he, we were talking about Gears 3. And he was like, yeah, I cried. My dad was like a grown man crying over a video game. I was like, dad, you just haven't experienced it yet. <laughs> For a minute, I thought you were going to tell me how Madden made you cry. When you no, God, no. Going I, I don't... And, and I was thinking ahead and I was like, man, how does this work out? <laughs> I do not like sports. <laughs> I root for the Minnesota Vikings and that's it. <laughs> I worked for the Seattle Seahawks, and I never even went to a game. I'm also not a huge sports fan. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I was the theater kid. I never really got into sports. I wasn't Actually, even a theater kid. Oh, um, I was. That's how Joel and I met. Were you both? Were you both theater kids? Uh, he was a techie. I was a theater. I did kid. like one play, and then I was a techie for most of it. 
Yeah, like the the extent of my theater experience is being Good King Wenceslas and like the church play in fourth grade. That's like <laughs> that's as far as I went. Uh, I think I had a cotton ball beard. Our uh, my favorite show was definitely Appointment with Death by Agatha Christie. That's a that was a fun show we did. Except our opening night was also the uh, big game against Cathedral for football, and yeah. they had it home at home. Uh, so. We oh, wow. were across the street, so we could hear the score and everything while we were doing the show. Wow. Yeah, so when we're I was on... Huh? Oh, yeah. No. We're scheduling. They hated the drama department at our school, but now they love it. <laughs> it's because we left. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they got the remodel after we left. I was pissed. They always remodel the buildings after you leave. Doesn't matter what school you go to, they're always going to fix it after you're gone. Oh no, they remodeled like the backstage and everything. They just finished the uh, remodel of like the in or like the actual like stage and uh, auditorium this past year, uh -huh. and it looks fantastic. Joel, have you seen the pictures of it? No, I'll, I'll I find try to stay as far away from school as possible. Yes, but the auditorium looks amazing, so it it's worth late. <laughs> but let's go ahead and wrap up our show for today before we get into our thank yous and everything and our plugging joel hey rich <laughs> yeah what What's... you been reading <sighs> let me pull out yield audible because i didn't make a list this time so i'm just gonna go through <laughs> my recently listened let's see i finished Black Sand Baron, which is book two in the Ripple system, narrated by Travis Baldry. I finished <laughs> Algorithm by Dakota Kraut, narrated by Travis Baldry. <laughs> I have read books three, four, five, six, and seven. And the first, I'm going to say four and a half, or four hours and 57 minutes and 16 seconds of book eight of beginning after the end. <laughs> and then um, I've picked up a few books recently because I had a couple credits to spend, but I haven't dived into them yet. But also I read Magus by Demetrios. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name because I always feel bad. Uh, and then I finished Ruin of Kings by uh, Jay and Chaney and Jason Anspach which is the third book in the Kings League series, and it's very good. But in my lineup for what's coming up, I'm going to be listening to uh, Vampire Sorcerer by Stephen Landry for Hades Online, Death Cultivator, and uh, I'm going to be re-listening to um, Etheria by uh, A.R. Holloway to get ready for our next show. Joel, what have you yeah. been listening to? Oh, man. Well, a lot of beginning after the end. Um loving it uh i'm currently on book six i got like four hours left as i mentioned uh respawn last crossing came out on audible so i finished that uh manipulating magic which is uh manufacturing magic book two um finished that the final book in aaron oster's rise to omniscience came out uh book 10 so uh, it's called Soulstream. It was amazing, amazing ending to an amazing book. Uh, like 21 hours of just epic fight scenes and battles and 
god tier moments. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as like lineup goes, uh, Seventh Realm, uh, part one for Michael Chatfield's coming out. Um, Death Cultivator. Uh, I got reincarnated as a farmer. Probably gonna pick that up. Um, so good. <laughs> so should we read that before we go into Death Cultivator, or should we read Death Cultivator? I'll before probably going? read Death Cultivator first. And just don't make me. me. Don't make me divide up my children. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me choose. You're all, just... special. <laughs> They're all special. They were all special. I mean, and getting ready for our next episode. So. Which is going to be Etheria by Air Holloway. And I'm really excited to have him on. But we're going to go ahead and dive into plugs. Hey, Travis, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Travis Baldry. Um, Facebook at Travis Baldry Narrator, I think. And TravisBaldry.com. But, you know, I'm around. I've also got a Discord server where I work every day with links to that on any of those, honestly. So... If you want to come hang out, it's basically like uh, shooting the shit outside of the booth. <laughs> All right. um, if you want to see how the sausage is made, it's fun. I'm going to have to tune in one of these days. It's a good time. I'm off it's on Tuesdays time. and Wednesdays, so I'm going to definitely have to tune in during one of those recording sessions. And I sure appreciate the company. <laughs> well, we appreciate having you on the show today. Thank you hey. very much for having me. I had a blast. We did too. Hey, Joel, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Sir Valor Hunter. It says it under it's like my right, picture. Right there. Yeah, right, right. I'll find it. <laughs> there. there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. There we go. Yeah. This is actually really tricky. Oh, or... God. <laughs> uh, or find us on Twitch, stats on stats. Well, we're on penultimate yeah. conquest for well, stats on stats. Right, right. Uh, Twitter. Yeah, penultimate conquest <laughs> on Twitch. Yeah. And as always, you can find me at Rich Dolphus on uh, Twitter, Twitch, and here on the penultimate conquest. Uh, on Twitch, I've been streaming some JRPGs. I streamed like the first hour of Tales of Arise this past weekend that was fun my old call of duty streams just to play with the guys but i'm gonna be diving into some of the uh more fun jrpg time and i actually just listen to audiobooks while i go through my jrpg so if you see me with an airpod in i'm probably listening to one of my books and just enjoying it uh also we're excited uh it was announced on twitter last week but stats on stats has hoodies now joel show that bad boy off it looks pretty. It's got the dragon, stats on stats, and then on the back, it's got two swords, and it looks really pretty. Does that have the shield? Nope, just has the swords. Just the swords. That's fine. We love it. But we are excited, so you can find those over on the Penultimate Conquest merch store on the website. Get your uh, get your hoodie. It's getting cold outside. It's going to start snowing, and it's already snowed here in Colorado, so that's fun. <laughs> but, Travis, once again, 
thank you so much for being on the show. This was an absolute blast, and we are very excited that you got to join us. And we hope to have you back at some point to discuss Anytime. more work, and I get to yell at you a little bit more. Anytime. I had a great time. <laughs> and then next time, we really dig into the nitty-gritty. You'll ask me all the dirty secrets. Oh, I'm going to. <laughs> we'll uh, I'm already thinking of something. Every rock. Uh, do you have any more panels coming up for uh, LitCon? Nope, that was my only one. That was your only one, which was a great, yep. great yep, time. Yep. I might pop into the Discord every once in a while, but all right. Which, uh, if you are not a part of the LitRPG group on Facebook, please go join. Uh, it'll be a great way to one learn about LitRPG books and just kind of figure out which ones would suit your taste the best. And also, it's just a great community. I love the LitRPG uh, community. I'm in like five different LitRPG groups at this point. And it's a, it's a good time. But LitCon is going on right now. It is the first ever LitCon, and it's an all-digital event hosted by uh, Alaron. Or Alaron in Geneva. I think Geneva's doing most of the like networking and hosting and stuff, which is... Geneva's Alaron's. rocking it. Geneva's killing it right now. All hail the hearth mother. But for episode 13 of Stats on Stats, I'm Richie. That's Joel and Travis. We hope you all have a great night. Good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs>